0: Welcome to the family with Tom Bernard and Hackmaster Ralph Dwayne-Bash Basham, M.D. Andy Bernard
1: and Cassie Schrader.
0: And we'll be back in just a couple of minutes. Tyler Kepner, K. A History of Baseball in Ten Pitches. I'm going to love this. I guarantee it. Nobody loves baseball more than me. We'll be right back with the family. Where's the manager? Walzer Automotive presents Car Selling Secrets. <laughs> Tune in every Thursday from 2 to 3 Central or download it on the Tom Bernard Podcast page. I don't know. I think I'm going to have to think about it. I bet you Tyler Kepner's never heard this music leading into an interview with him. (laughs) What do you think? Tyler, how are you? I'm great. That's a great song. I love it. You play it all the time if you want. It is a good song. There's no doubt about that. Ladies and gentlemen, right in my wheelhouse, we're talking baseball. We're talking pitching. We're talking the book from Tyler Kepner. It's K-E-P-N-E-R, by the way, ladies and gentlemen. K is the name of the book, A History of Baseball in Ten Pitches. I love this approach, and I'll tell you why. I was very fortunate to be doing a morning show in Minneapolis. I'm from Minnesota anyway, and I moved Mm -hmm. from New York City back to Minneapolis to, to do a morning show. And that was 1986, 1987, the Twins won the World Series. And one of the reasons they won the World Series is because Frank Viola was throwing what was called a circle curve at the time and nobody could hit it. Pitching <laughs> right. pitches yeah. are so important. I mean, isn't that wonderful, Tyler? This is a great story. Yeah, I love that, that and, story.
3: And that was one of my favorite favorite little stories within the book is is, is tracing the lineage of these pitches, right? Like you talk about Frank yeah. Viola. And he learned learned that changeup from Johnny Padres, who was a pitching coach early in his Twins career. And Johnny Padres used that pitch to win the first World Series for the Brooklyn Dodgers. He teaches it (laughs) to Frank Viola. He uses it to win the first World Series for the Minnesota Twins. And then a coach he knew with the the Dodgers taught it to Pedro Martinez, who, of course, helped break the Red Sox curse. So these pitches get passed down from from one master to another. And it's uh, just a fun little slice of baseball history.
0: It is wonderful, Tyler. Have you ever had a chance to just in batting practice, step into the box and face a major league pitcher?
3: I never have, no. And I'm not sure I've oh, of you guys are much much <laughs> nastier than, than than we realize. The closest I've gotten, I guess, the Yankees used to have a a spring training setup where you could stand right behind the screen, um, where as oh, the right. pitchers are throwing. Yeah. So. Yeah, you get to see Mariano Rivera's cutter up close and Andy Pettit's oh. uh, cutter and Roger, Roger Clemens' foul well, because I covered them with some really good teams back then with Clemens and all those guys. So, yeah, that was that was pretty eye-opening. But I've never been exactly in the box, no.
0: Nah, the, the one time I was, Ron Davis said, hey, Bernard, let me pitch to you. And I'm like, what? He goes, let me let me throw some pitches to you. So I'm a right-handed – well, I shouldn't say I'm a right-handed hitter. I hold the bat – in a right-handed position.
1: (laughs) It's a better
0: better way to put it, right? But uh, I'm in the box. He throws a pitch. Yeah, that's right. You got to hit to be a hitter. That's exactly right. He throws a pitch, and I bail out of the box because it's coming right at my head. It broke so much Mm -hmm. it ended up outside the plate. It was so embarrassing, I just went back in the dugout and went, okay, I'll, I'll see you later. But yeah, really, I mean, we,
3: you know, we play media games every year at Yankee Stadium and Fenway Park, and even just you know a good a writer with a good breaking ball, it, you know, you, you bail. Um, I remember, you know, yeah. so many of us who played baseball still have those visions of what drove us out of the game, and it was uh, it was those breaking balls, you know, the thing that that looks like it's coming right at your head, and then it slices over the plate for a strike, and you're like, holy cow, I can never, <laughs> I, I can never know. stop bailing on that one.
0: You're absolutely right. Hitting's a miracle. Uh, Hitting's a miracle. His pitchers are so good. Oh, it's uh, absolutely unbelievable. Well, the Twins lost a game to the Phillies a couple of days ago uh, because uh, 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 I think it was Ryan. I'm pretty sure. No, it was Reese. Reese. Yeah, absolutely. He went down after a Barrios curve and he went down yeah. and hit that thing squarely, and what a beautiful job of hitting that was. It was amazing. Look, I'm a yeah. huge Twins that was fan, a good, yeah. but that was... That was yeah. a good pitch, too. Right.
3: Oh, it it looked like a
0: good pitch, pitch. and he, he uh,
3: yeah, he just he got it right on out of there. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's, I've always loved pitching. In fact, my favorite all-time pitcher was Steve Carlton, who, who ended up on those 87 yeah. Twins. He lasted yep. a little bit into the yep. 88 season, and, um, you know, he threw that slider. It was just a magical... Thing to watch when I was a little kid there outside Philadelphia and um, getting to talk to him for this book was was fun and really just talking to all the, anybody who threw a pitch particularly well. Um, they were on my radar these last three, four years and, and uh, I was able to get quite a few of them.
0: You know, it's interesting Tyler, I, I do have to ask you a question do you talk to many radio, television people or you do any interviews where, where people know what pitching is and what pitches are and all that because I I have a very hard time finding anybody that knows a whole lot about, well, the fact, a history in 10 pitches. It's a great name. K, the name of the book, A History of Baseball in 10 Pitches, is a wonderful name because that is, it's the game. And people don't seem to understand that, that they're not just lobbing it up there like a softball. (laughs) <laughs> you know.
3: No, and that's what they were really supposed to do at the very beginning of baseball yeah. was, was to – the hitter could say, put yep. it high or put it low, and you were effectively just putting it on a tee in the air for them because it was a, it was a, it was a test of hitting, base running, and fielding. And over time, um, you know, once pitchers learned how to utilize those seams and, and once we got into the 60 feet, 6 inches off a mound sort of thing, um, it became just a game of reacting to what the pitcher decides. Um, and yep. that's what's so fascinating to me about the, that position, is the pitcher gets to decide what and where and why, and all the pitches have a fun backstory too, as to how they became part of the pitcher's arsenal in the first place.
0: Yeah, and, and certain people can throw certain pitches. Some people are, you know, when I was a little boy, a little tiny boy, and the Washington Senators moved to Minneapolis, St. Paul, became the Minnesota Twins. Camilo Pascual threw one of the best curveballs I can ever remember yep. seeing. Then again, it might have been influenced by the fact I was nine years old, but it seemed like a damn good curveball to me. And it got me fascinated. Like, how is he able to do that? Even as a nine-year-old, right, was, right. how can he do that? Yeah, it's funny. I had an old coach uh, when I was growing
3: up, and, and I threw a curveball when I pitched. And he said, That looks like the Camilo Pasquale pitch. So I always knew that name <laughs> in my mind. Wonderful. But you, you, you Blylevin learned it sort of the same way from watching, yep. you know, I talked to him in, a, in the Twins booth one day from, from watching and listening to the way Vin Scully would describe Sandy Koufax's curveball. And he thought that, that sounds like a fun pitch to learn, and he sort of self-taught it. Um, but the inspiration was was Koufax's uh, curveball as described by Scully to, you know, a, a boy who, you know, came over from Holland and, and didn't have a lot of baseball in his, in his lineage, um, but just was curious enough to try this crazy pitch that uh, he had heard about from Koufax. You
0: know what's so great about this? Sometimes in interviews, the stars do align because my next... Point I was going to make to you in the next question, uh, you know, and it's obvious that you love the game of baseball because otherwise you wouldn't be so into it. But you're talking about Vince Scully. I was going to be talking about Justin Morneau, who's now one of the announcers for the Minnesota Twins. He rotates in and does games. He is doing such a great job describing what the pitcher is doing, what the batter should do to react to that. I mean, he knows in advance what pitch, usually which pitch. That pitcher's going to throw, and it re- it's kind of what you're talking about with Vin Scully. It's like, man, that's that's fascinating. It really helps the game a yeah. lot to watch, to watch the game. It's just terrific listening to it, because I don't remember anybody else ever doing that. At least for the Twins, talking about why he will throw this pitch, where where the location will be, is that pitch hittable? It's phenomenal. Really great to watch. Mm.
3: That's cool. Yeah, that's, that's why he was an MVP, right? He probably guessed guessed right quite a bit, or he, he could out outthink the pitcher. Because um, that's part that's so much of so. what it is, right? You've got to try to overpower the guy, but also sometimes you just got to trick him. And uh, it's a great test. Pitching is a great test, both of physical skill and just uh, you know the the, the mentality of, of, of what what to choose and and what the guy might be thinking. And do you do the opposite of what he's thinking, or do you get him to swing at, at your pitch but don't give him yep. don't give it don't give me anything good, you know?
0: That is why I love baseball. Right there is why I love baseball. You know, I, I like football and, and basketball and hockey as well. I do, but not as much as baseball. Um, and I got very lucky. I, as I said, I went on the KQ Morning Show in 1986. The Twins win the World Series 87 with Frank Viola. Then I get to watch four years later in 1991, Jack Morris come back to home to the Minnesota Twins and win the uh, World Series, refusing to come out of the game. I just loved that about him. TK went out to DeMont and said, You know, you, you got to go. And he's like, Nope, I'm not leaving. It was a wonderful <laughs> right, right. story. Yeah, yeah I mean, that's mound, why I love my, your book. my pitch. And, oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, he got into got to talk to
3: Morris about that split finger fastball and, you know, made him oh, a pre time champion, really, with Detroit and, and yep. Minnesota and, and then Toronto. So he was, I'm glad and he was Toronto the It was a long
0: time coming. Yep. Isn't it so? Where did you grow up?
3: I grew up outside Philadelphia. So watching so Carlton phil- and, are and, you? and Tug McGraw, oh, um, all those guys, you know, and 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 yeah, that was you know. Then Larry Anderson had this great slider, and then Brad Lidge in the World Series in '08, and Cole Hamels with the changeup. I talked to Curt Schilling, and you know, so it was. Uh, you know, I, I often uh, joke to people sometimes, you know, Ken Burns put together that, that wonderful um, series, you know, for PBS that they show all the time on MLB Network. But he kind of forgot about the Phillies. Um, you know, they hadn't done a whole lot of some, <laughs> you know, as much as the Red Sox or Yankees or Brooklyn Dodgers. Yeah. But there wasn't much Phillies in that history of baseball. So I figured this book's mine, and the uh, Phillies are my team when I was a kid. So I'll make sure I represent all their pitchers, uh, you, know, to, to, you know, as much as they deserve.
0: Wasn't it Tug McGraw that kind of had some money problems after he left baseball, and they asked him where his money went? That was Tug McGraw, wasn't it, I think, if I remember correctly. It's the quote. Do you remember the,
3: what it, the, 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 most it was of about it where I spent, the money uh, went? Most of it I, well, yeah, most of it I spent on uh, I, I, Irish whiskey, women, and good times, and the rest I'll probably waste. Uh, that, is that the yes.
2: quote? <laughs> That's exactly <laughs> <Yeah>. the quote.
3: <laughs> right. Most of it I'll i spent spend on women, Irish whiskey and good times, and the rest I'll probably waste. Right. He had the other great quote about astroturf. And they said, "Do you like astroturf?" And he said, "Do you like better astroturf or grass?" And he said, "I don't know. I've never smoked astroturf." So he was quite a character.
0: <laughs> he was indeed. And that's another thing about baseball. They do. Baseball as a game has its characters. A lot of those characters are pitchers. They. Uh, well, you know, I, I've been so lucky because I used to travel a lot doing voiceover. I, went, I would go to, you know, Chicago and Los Angeles, lived in New York for a while. One of the great moments in my life, Tyler, was uh, I was invited into the old Yankee Stadium uh, Yankees Clubhouse. And it was very, this very nice thing. And I remember I went into the Yankees Clubhouse in the old Yankee Stadium. This is in 1981, maybe, something like that. Mm -hmm. And I remember standing there, it's like, oh, this is really cool. And then all of a sudden it hit me. It's like, I'm standing where Babe Ruth used to stand. And it just was overwhelming to me. Isn't that unbelievable? I'm sure you've done that many times. But it's kind of overwhelming the first time you do it. It's like, really? This is where (laughs) where Babe Ruth used to stand and Lou Gehrig. And you get on the list of people. That's the thing about baseball. And I think books like yours will really help people to understand I would say this: Buy Tyler Kepner's book, K, A History of Baseball in Ten Pitches," because you will never understand baseball unless you understand pitches. Don't you think that's true, Tyler?
3: Yeah, that's that. That was my whole whole thought behind it. Is if you can, if you can understand what's going on on the mound and what the pitcher is thinking, and and just try to enjoy the stories of of, of how these guys pursued excellence, um, I think you have an appreciation for. For baseball, I mean, when I coached Little League, I coached Little League for, for uh, seven years for my son, and what I would tell the team was that I just want you guys to have fun and come away from this experience loving baseball mm-hmm. a little more and understanding and appreciating the game, and, you know, hopefully along the way we'll we'll win, and we usually, we usually did, but the point was it's the same for the book. You know, I'd like people to... Um, just have you know, have fun reading it. Have fun with the stories, and then when you're done, maybe have a little better understanding of what you're going to watch, and just love the game a little bit more.
0: Well, I, I think Tyler, that you will love that game, and you'll understand the game much better. You know, you got teams that go through hitting streaks, and then they can't hit for a while, or you got this or that, or but it's all about the pitching. There's no question. You you are going to go through slumps. The record was just set for, what, 49 games in a row or 49 at-bats in a row? That's I mean, 49 at-bats in a row, I think, without a hit, which is an all-time record. It used to be 46. Right. And Chris that record Davis, was just yeah. broken. Yeah, Chris Davis, that's exactly right. It 49 pitches, wasn't it, I think? Or 49 at-bats? 49 yeah. at-bats. Yeah, over 49. 49 at-bats, yeah. yeah. 49 at-bats. Oh, my God. Yeah, and it's over that now. But, you know, I look back at it, Tyler, and one reason I look so forward to doing this interview with you Uh, K, A History of Baseball in 10 Pitches, because that's what baseball is to me. I got to watch Frank Viola in 87. I got to watch Jack Morris in 1991. But I also got to watch Necro with a piece of sandpaper on his belt. (laughs) Right, right,
3: yep. (laughs) It was Yeah, That that, that emery board came flying out of his back pocket. And, uh, (laughs) boy, (laughs) Phil Necro is still hot about that. Years later, he is still fired up. You know, he's like, he's oh like, why? You know, how could you suspend a guy? How could you throw him out of the game? Like, he's really going to be filing, you know, filing down a ball on the mound in front of thirty thousand people? No way. He's like, he need he's obvious. He needed a, he needed the Emery board on the bench to to sharpen his nails because he he grips the ball, you know, with his nails. Like, he, he still doesn't understand why he got why he got popped like that. One of my favorites. I think was the visual alone—the visual alone—was enough to uh, enough to get him in trouble. Yeah, uh, that was a pretty striking visual, All right? No doubt the about optics, it. As no they question. say, Didn't look so good, All right?
0: Well, when he walks out on the Tonight Show with Johnny Carson wearing a belt sander around his waist, yeah,
3: <laughs> yeah he—he's he, playing it up a little bit, wasn't he? <laughs> he was. Yeah, he had. Fun I with would hide.
0: I would highly recommend that that if you want to love baseball or you think you love baseball, buy Tyler Kepner's book, K, A History of Baseball in Ten Pitches. Because once you understand ten pitches or any pitches, it'll be so much more fun to watch the game because you'll be able to tell what's next, right?
3: Yeah, I mean that's why I like to do you know watching games is, is kind of I don't certainly do not have the refined eye of a Justin Morneau right but you know just right. try, trying to guess what is what is coming next based on how he has set the set the batter up earlier in the at bat um, you know the swings that you saw uh, the, the you know it, it, the previous time through um, there's just so much going on there um, that if you're paying attention um, it's, it's it's a whole world opens up for you so uh, you know people say baseball's boring and I just you know I don't. I get it, I guess, but I, it's never born to me. There's always a ton of stuff to pay attention to.
0: You know, i got to close with this being a smartass, Tyler. Tyler Kepner, our special guest, I'll close with this being a smartass. Candy Cummings, did uh, he invent the curveball, or was he a female porn star? Thank you very much. Great to be here. <laughs> uh, there you go. All right. I'll be throwing <laughs> Tyler, you're a good man. Thank you for a. Uh, trying to trying to educate people on how to really watch baseball. I think it's just terrific. It's a wonderful book. And looking at the names, Bob Gibson, Steve Carlton, Nolan Ryan, Greg Maddox, Mariano Rivera, Clayton Kershaw. What a great run you've had, man. And it it's been since you were a teenager, so God bless you. That's great.
3: Oh, no, thanks a lot. I'm really glad you like it. It Sounds like you really understand the spirit that I was going for. So, thanks for having me. I Come just, here, just love it. I love it. I got to have
0: you on the morning show too. On the KQ morning show, we'll reach out to you and have you on because we got it Hey, The Twins are looking pretty good so far this year. I'm happy with that.
3: Yeah, Tyler needs another interview hey, today you. with Mike Clevenger. So, yeah, they might uh, oh, might be the Twins' year. Who knows?
0: Yeah. It might be. You can always hold out hope. It's true. Tyler, thanks so much. We'll yeah. talk again soon, my friend. Thank you. All right. Thanks a lot. Take care. All right. Bye-bye. Bye bye. Bye. We'll be back in a couple of minutes with the family. It's Tom Bernard with CEO Michael Bilsky from North American Banking Company. Michael, we spent some time talking about your free app and money transfer service, XCheck, which is just great, by the way. You can transfer money to your kid to travel home from college and lots of other uses. I got wind of another service you provide at North American Banking Company. What's this super ID I've been hearing about? Great question,
4: Tommy.
0: member FDIC and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. Spring is here and there's no better time to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, They want to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK Spring Savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today. Or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK.
5: Offer expires June 21st, 2019. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offers.
0: A little more baseball music. That's a good thing. We love the baseball music. Cassie, did you book him just for me?
1: Yes, I did.
0: (laughs) Thank you. I just, I love baseball so much. Always have. Since I was a little kid, like I said, twins uh, started when I was nine. And they've won a couple World Series. The Vikings started uh, when I was 9 or 10, and they still haven't won a Super Bowl, so, you know.
1: (laughs) I know. I used to go to the Twins games all the time when I was a kid because, you know, I grew up in Bloomington. And, like, if you were a Bloomington kid, you went to Miss Betty's Nursery School. And she's actually in the Guinness Book of World Records for playing the oldest woman to play organized women's softball. And really? yeah, she was playing it into her seventies, and That's uh, phenomenal. she loved you know she loved baseball. And in the summer, so they would take the older kids to the Twins game every Tuesday because I think they had like a deal: kids can get in for like seven bucks to get a ticket, a uh, pop, and a hot dog. Right. So right. yeah, we went and see, saw the Twins all the time. So I grew up with Kirby Puckett and Kent Herbeck <sighs> and. All that, and phenomenal. to see them win the World Series twice in my lifetime, it was just phenomenal.
0: Actually, Kent asked me, to, he wants to come on a podcast.
1: Oh, really? And so
0: does, so does Tim Laudner.
1: Oh, that'll be a yeah, fun show. <laughs> I oh, won't book God, any guests that hunyucks. day.
0: <laughs> those two yucks on the same show. It's happened before, but uh-huh. I, uh, you know, it's one of those situations, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, yeah, I just, uh, it's just always been my game, and is. Time went on. I was never any good at it. You know, Mm -hmm. I played softball, but I was okay at that, but I was never any good at baseball. I just love the game. There's a lot of thought that goes into it a lot, all the different pitches, the batting stances, you know, the base running, all of it. Mm -hmm. Uh, Who's good at uh, defense? It's just such an intricate game. I don't think people really understand it. And it's nowhere near as popular as it was when I was, you know, Andy's 32. Andy, do do you even care about baseball?
5: Uh, well, I mean, you can replace baseball with any sport, but no.
0: no. That's true. You, yeah, Houston, you're, you're not a sports guy. Yeah, That's but,
4: true. exactly. But Billy Martin, didn't Billy Martin say that no one understands
0: the game of baseball because it's so complex yeah, I, they, there's it, so much to it? Yes. I think you're 100% right. There's no question about that. Well, so. I, I,
1: looking back on it with – you know, youth loving sports and stuff like that. If you kind of put the two and two together, um, I would say baseball started fizzling out with younger the younger crowd. Maybe mid to late 90s. And that's when the video game systems were boomy with new technology and everything. So I'm wondering. That's true. That
5: right. Before that, that, if you wanted to play baseball, you were playing. You
1: had to go play baseball unless you yeah. had like the chintzy, like Nintendo version where Oh, yeah, where like... each
5: player is like five pixels. And
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was
5: not a good time for sports games. But yeah. as soon as the 3D era came out, yeah, like, um, especially the NFL games all of those exploded as soon as the uh, oh, God, yeah. like the PlayStation 2 era, I think. Yeah. Madden,
0: Madden football was, yeah, it
5: ended up yeah. huge, and absolutely.
0: Have you, have you ever huge. played uh, uh, video game sports?
5: Yeah, actually. Oh, yeah? Actually, uh, when the PS3 had just come out, I think, Dad and I played, we had a baseball game and we had a football game. And I still remember, yep. um, I was running the ball toward the end zone, uh, and if I had gotten a touchdown, I would have won. But as my player, his foot was about to cross the line, the time ran out. I got screwed.
1: <laughs> he was so but mad. But the time
5: can't run out. Time can't run out when you're on your way into
0: the end zone.
5: Yeah, it can. That's not really realistic. Well, I mean, this was also whatever. It's not... The, a lot of those games are designed to be more arcade than realistic. You know, I mean, yeah, in the baseball yeah, game, I accidentally put in a code that made all of my baseball players ninjas. So, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, there you <laughs> go.
4: So you, you, that explains so, it then. So, Andy, you weren't really preoccupied with the game. There were other aspects of it that were more interesting. It's like
5: they always... A lot of those games, um, starting with, like, NBA Jam, I think, did it... Uh, While the game was loading, you could press buttons and the icons would change on the screen. And certain configurations of icons would do different stuff. So you could like, you know, turn on low gravity mode or whatever. And so while it was loading, I just mashed buttons and it turned out that I entered the team turns into ninjas. code. So, yeah, not as realistic as one might hope. Andy, I have a question for you.
0: Are there, are there big podcasts about gaming? Oh, yeah. I know there are, there, there are big uh, like well, YouTube channels and all yeah, that.
5: Yeah, I suppose not big, like, you know, big, big. There are podcasts about gaming, but if someone wants to, like, if someone wants games to be their uh, entertainment without playing them, they want to watch mm-hmm. them, not hear about them.
0: Oh, so they don't want to hear about what's new and what's going to be coming on the market? They don't want to hear about that kind of stuff?
5: They can already get that stuff basically anywhere. Uh, Oh,
0: they can now? And especially,
5: like, there's a bunch of YouTube channels, and on Twitch especially, people can watch other people play games, which is actually a good way to find out if you want a game before you buy it, because demos are rarer and rarer. So the only way to know if you want a game is to watch someone else play it and say, oh, hey, that looks good or, you know, because you can't really oh, yeah, okay. trust reviews.
0: See, what I, what I was thinking when I asked you that question is we should probably get people, like you just said, you you hit the wrong button and turned your players into ninjas. Mm-hmm. Gaming stories of, of that ilk. yeah. People calling in and talking about what they've done on a game over the years or what happened to them on a game. You know, just what you were talking about. That would be... I think that would be very interesting hearing you know occurrences while gaming because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. there's got to be a ton of really good stories about that. About I almost had it made and then yeah. <laughs> <I> <laughs> know. that would be terrific.
1: I hear about it every day. Like my son right now, he's huge. In, well, he likes the old nostalgic type games, like the old Game Boy system and stuff like uh-huh. that. So he's been playing. Oh yeah, he's been playing like old WWE games from what was on the original Game Boy. But then he also has this game that he plays on his phone, which is a more updated, like realistic version. And he was so stoked last night. He's like, Mom, you don't understand. I finally got The Undertaker. You don't know <laughs> yep. how hard it was for me to get The Undertaker.
0: <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. Those stories. <laughs> we got to get those people on this show, Andy. And you got to host, uh, you and Cassie should host a, a program about those kind of stories uh, in gaming. I think I'd listen to that.
1: Especially how my kids I think the... walk around the house doing Fortnite dances constantly. Of course they do. <laughs> well,
5: that's what I'm talking about right there. Yeah. I think people would love that. like every every child on earth right now.
1: I'm like, what is this wrong with you? Are you having a seizure over there? What are you doing? We're and doing he's the like, floss dance. A... Yeah, the floss. And I'm just like, oh my God, yep. what is wrong with you What today? did he say?
0: You... You don't understand. I killed the Undertaker. Is that what
1: he? No. Said? He goes. You don't understand. I finally got the Undertaker. You don't know how hard it was to get the Undertaker because I guess
5: he you unlocked have to, him. Yeah, yeah, you have
1: to unlock these these characters, and oh, okay. Right. <laughs> so it was like a good accompl- a great accomplishment mm-hmm. for him that day.
0: Yeah, I mean that's uh, gaming is fascinating to me because you know I still play Tiger Woods golf once in a while. That's about the only one I play. One thing about our, our baseball game that we got then was many years ago. Uh, I knew the guy who was uh, the announcer on the game. He's a, you know, you hmm. know, an old acquaintance. He's not a friend, but he's an old acquaintance of mine. And we're playing the game, and he mispronounced almost every player's name.
5: Yeah, I will then, never forget that. They basically gave the voice actors no direction. They just gave them a script I and know. said, "Read this." And yeah, there was and a I, lot of. Uh, Video game voice acting back in the 90s especially was quite horrible.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I Well, I do remember one. I think the guy's name was Brad. Brad. Brad Inge. I think it was Brad Inge. I know his last name was pronounced Inge, but I think his first name was Brad. But this is a long time ago we're talking about, a long time ago. <laughs> and my friend goes, now coming to the plate. Now coming to the plate. Brad Inge, <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> he pronounced his name Inge. <laughs> like, what is that all about? Obviously, you're not a baseball fan. Uh, but, yeah, that, see, those stories about gaming, I think, I, you know, there's PewDiePie and all that stuff, and those guys on yep. YouTube, I understand yeah. that. But what I'm talking about is what happened to you while gaming. I think that those stories would be fascinating, yeah. don't you think? Yeah, I. You don't understand. I got the Undertaker.
1: Yeah, I know, and I hear about this kind of stuff every day because my kids are so into gaming. And I mean, they are good kids. I mean, when it's nice out like it is today, they are outside. They're not on their consoles all the time. But I I just love the joy and excitement they get out of it. And. You know, like right. he was so gleeful right. that he worked so hard to get the Undertaker, and he's just smiling ear to ear, and he's like, "Mom, you just don't understand how hard it was." It's I'm a major like,
5: accomplishment <laughs> when you're that age.
1: I'm like, I wish you put that much effort into your schoolwork. My God, <laughs> wow, <Well>, that's <laughs> a different kind of fish. Now. You know, <laughs> it's just like...
0: No, I understand completely. Uh, There's no doubt about it. I understand. You know, to God God must hate me because I looked up at my, my, the scroll from Star Tribune and for some reason a story from January 10th popped up. Mark Rosen makes his emotional farewell from CCO TV. What are you trying to make me tear up here? I hate looking at that. Mark Rosen was one of the favorite people I ever worked with and I only got to work with him for three years or two years actually. Uh, no, I guess it was three, eighty-six, eighty-seven, and part of eighty-eight. We got to work together, and then the ownership at the time of CCO Radio yanked him off our show to put him on CCO, which did not work. He ended up—he's on KFan now. But uh, yeah, Mark Rosen makes his emotional farewell from Channel Four, and I'm glad I didn't see it. I, I didn't tune in on purpose. I think the world and you know—his wife has has some you know health problems and. and Mm -hmm. he decided to wrap it up at the time but I think the world of Mark Rosen I don't know why that popped up on my screen who's doing this to me it's your fault (laughs) right yes we got to get Mark on the show too Mark I love talking to Mark Rosen we'll get him on you know he probably sleeps till noon now that he's retired but you know what I'm saying why not yeah, I'd love to get him on the show. Yeah, it'd uh, be great the story hear, I was looking up. It'd be great to hear his yeah.
4: stories about sports and his and the, the, all those stories are so interesting. Those behind the scenes kind of uh, moments uh, when they've been reported yep. and been there. Always interesting.
0: It yeah. is terrific. I had looked up. This is why that uh, that scroll popped up because I was looking on the Star Tribune website. Full House star Lori Lachlan and her fashion designer husband Massimo Giannulli. And 14 other parents were hit Tuesday, today, with a new money laundering charge in the sweeping college admissions bribery scheme. The move comes a day after fellow actress Felicity Huffman, 12 other parents, and a coach agreed to plead guilty, signaling an escalation in the case against the parents who are continuing to fight the allegations against them. Lachlan and Gianuli. Were among 33 prominent parents accused of participating in a scheme that involved rigging college entrance exams and bribing coaches at elite universities. They were arrested last month on a single charge of conspiracy to commit mail and wire fraud. An indictment brought Tuesday adds a charge of money laundering conspiracy against the couple and 14 other parents. 60 to 80 years if they got the top of the top of the card, hmm. which they're not going to. I'm not, but they could. They could sentenced them to 60 to 80 years in prison now that's not gonna happen but why would you expose yourself to something like that i don't understand this your ego is just so big you can't yeah. handle it i think
5: it's narcissism
1: <sighs> well, yeah, cause what they, a
5: foolish thing to do they
1: have the money to i mean they have the yeah. money to pay for college it's not yeah, like no. they're broke and they're trying to you know break the law just so their kids can have a better life you know then mm-hmm. i no. i just don't understand
4: yeah well why do people shoplift when they got money i mean it, it, it's it's a, yeah. a certain thrill to it there's a you know there's some odd things that go on uh you know it's it's conceivable that maybe there were other parts of their life that could have been chemicals involved with the, the, you yeah. know where they're oh yeah. i'm gonna do this I, you know i strange behavior like that you're always looking for that piece of piece of the jigsaw puzzle under the table and pretty soon it'll surface and you go oh here yep, it is Yep. oh it was the cocaine, yeah, or, yeah, it was it's the cocaine or with the alcohol or oh, with the infidelity there's always like a little piece you throw up and, oh you put it in the puzzle now it makes sense
0: so oh my god jim gaffigan's got another 15 minute bit after reading this article
6: <laughs> okay
0: picture jim gaffigan on stage right Other parents indicted on the new charge Tuesday include Michelle Genovese, whose family developed Hot Pockets. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. That's where they got all their money. They developed Hot Pockets. They sold their company. Uh, But yeah, Michelle Genovese, or Genovese, J A N A V S, I don't know how you would say that name. Genovese? Genovese, maybe. Yeah, it could be. be. Javabalala, Janavis, whatever the hell her name is. But, yeah, she was charged. (laughs) Her family developed the microwave snack line Hot Pockets. (laughs) (laughs) Here it comes. Jim Gaffigan working hard. That's all I know. Really working hard. We'll take a couple-minute break. Be right back with the family.
2: We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our Guaranteed Offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences.
0: So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes?
2: Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislandall.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our Guaranteed Offer program? Find out now.
0: Sabre, and Bryant, whatever it takes.
2: Hey! Uh-huh. Well, bang, bang,
0: bang. We are back with the family, ladies and gentlemen. i could to hear the very beginning of this song. Here it comes. I just wanted to hear, homie tight. <laughs> we have a caller. Who's the caller? Hey, Tyler. Officer caller. Dave. Uh. Officer Dave, what's the buzz?
6: How are you, Ben? Uh, no, you were talking about the video games in with the kids. My mm-hmm. I used to play constantly on the N64, mm-hmm. and I was the total, I had to win. So the first time <laughs> they beat me, I was done. <laughs> and It bugged my, my middle son so much that he wrote a uh, report on it in school that oh. I wouldn't play NFL with them anymore.
0: I what felt the so NFL? bad. I yeah, what like game Madden was it? And
6: Stuff we'd play that. Well, it was Madden? Okay, Madden and they. All. He, yeah,
0: yeah. You couldn't
6: win. <laughs> I when he when they got good enough to beat me and I couldn't
0: win, it's like that's it. I'm done.
6: <laughs> I can't. I can't <laughs> did, play against you guys anymore. You're kicking my butt. <laughs> did you
0: ever? Did you ever play again?
6: Oh, I we tried. You know, we did the racing games and whatnot once in a while. And oh, okay. there was a game, Andy. Andy
5: probably remembers this banjo kazooie. Oh yeah, banjo kazooie. -Kazooie? (laughs) Yeah, Yeah. the hell! That's a hill people game. game. Well, he was a bear, (laughs) and uh, he had a bird friend.
1: (laughs) 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 Kind of like crash
5: banjo.
1: Kind of like crash bandicoot. I remember. Yeah, it was part
5: of the craze of animal mascots collecting things games.
1: (laughs) Oh okay. Really.
5: The yes. kids was well, fun. The kids
6: played that, and they had they had shooter games, you know, that were mixed in,
0: mm-hmm. and you
6: could play multiplayer stuff. We played that all the time. So now my my sons are twenty seven and twenty five, you know, and not not that long ago, a year or two ago, the three of us sat down and found Banjo Kazooie on PS PS4, <laughs> whatever, and we played for seven. All of us just god it was so much fun.
0: (laughs) You're unbelievable. You do realize if you pull anybody over, they're going to know, aren't you Officer Dave? Why don't we play Madden football for the – you either give me a ticket if you win or I don't get a ticket if I win. (laughs) You've left yourself Uh, open. You do know that.
6: Yeah, I I probably have. Fortunately, not that many people. There's a lot of Officer Dave's around here.
2: Yeah.
0: Well, that's true, but oh. Officer Dave, I will tell you, this is exactly what I'm talking about. I would love to devote an hour, at least one hour a week, to call us with your, your gaming stories because the fact that your son wrote oh. a report in school about it. <laughs> I love that. It was hilarious. My dad's an it idiot. It was hilarious. I would imagine, my dad's though, a moron. Or sports. And... <laughs> <laughs> well, you got over it. You got over it, so it's fine. I live I'm gonna talk it, to you so again on it, Thursday. So, yeah. If
6: you come up with something and you get everything to work right, yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm sorry. Oh, about that.
0: Andy was missing Lat. Well, then <laughs> you know, no a a problem. S-
1: update on Cassie, the computer. It's
0: okay. Yep. I
1: tried. It's, it's all-
0: okay, Cassie. I'm just
1: <laughs> <even>. <laughs>
0: it all works out in the end. Thanks, Officer Dave. You betcha, Tom. Take care. Take care, guys.
6: Yep. Bye.
0: Do too. All right. Yeah, Andy. That's exactly what I'm talking about. You and Cassie. You should, you should do an hour on on just give us your calls as far as gaming is concerned. Because writing a report to your school saying your dad's a moron <laughs>
6: yeah.
0: is pretty funny, actually. Yeah,
4: I tried, I tried. I, I was playing the original Legend of Zelda mm-hmm. on Nintendo or whatever it was, and right. I would play it. And I tried to get Josh, my son, involved with it a little bit. He wanted no parts of it, and to this day, no part just doesn't. To have any desire to game or anything? Very mm-hmm. interesting.
5: Some so, people yeah, just do not into
4: that whole thing. I've got the g- game gene, but I, I'm just—I could be—I could have a problem with it. I would—I would have to have a uh, uh, an intervention. You
1: know? <laughs> we gotta take the ring oh, from your I remember that. Hand.
0: <laughs> yeah. I remember Lindsay talking about the fact he won't stop playing games. It's unbelievable. Uh, I remember that. Yeah. Oh yeah. It, it's. You get all whipped up. Yeah,
4: and it, there's been there's just a couple times that I that I've. You you sort of come to at about three or four in the morning. You're like, where did this night go? It just it's a fascinating thing to experience. But mm-hmm. no, I'm over it now. I'm over it. I'm not going to okay,
0: jump back well, into it yet. Let me just point out what a loser I am because we did take calls about it on the morning show, and I think uh, I talked briefly about it on this show. Is I I do play Tiger Woods uh, golf. And I think the 2012 issue was the last—I think that was the last year. I think it was 2012, something like that, of Tiger Woods golf. And I got to the Masters. I had, I believe, a five-stroke lead going into the last round and ended up losing by four strokes. And let me just tell you something, <laughs> it didn't bother me at all.
1: I was going to say, how many swear words came out of your mouth?
0: Oh, my God. I couldn't make a putt. <laughs> I hit the ball and it go off in some direction. I didn't even hit it in. I'm like, oh, God. But there are certain tricks and indicators and things like that. I guess you never will win the Masters unless you know the, the, the way to get it done, I guess is the best way to put it. Does that make sense,
5: Andy? I don't know a whole lot about the Masters. But... So,
0: so you'll never win? No, no, no. I'm just talking about video games. <laughs> you, there is a certain protocol you have to follow in order to win certain areas, right? Yeah. That makes well, sense. Well, that's what I think. I think that's what's going on with me and Tiger Woods Golf because it just... Turns on me every time. Mm. <laughs>
1: well, I, I didn't know I could end my kids' life by just calling their name. Because every time I'll go like yep. Jack or Max, you made me die, Mom. <laughs> like, what?
5: what? They're in battle. Wait a minute. Tell me about if that. You call them oh, yeah. yeah, Yeah,
1: they'll be playing video games or, or a game on their tablet or phone or whatever. And I'll just go, hey, Max, and, you made me die, Mom. Yeah, it's the, all your fault. The storm
4: consumed <laughs> them in uh, Fortnite. Yeah, yep. you made. Exactly. Really?
1: God. I yeah. just tell them all. That's what happens. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't
4: know that. You you undergo a virtual, uh, virtual mortem mm-hmm. you know, You're <laughs> out of it. Yeah. Uh, it's a really. Uh, yeah, that. But but then you regenerate it. I just you're tell them,
1: them all game. write their eulogy and just <laughs> you know I mean come yeah, on. Yeah, that's true. Just by saying well, their name, enough, it, it? their whole world falls apart. I
5: but. know.
0: See, <laughs> I think that the fascinating thing about the world right now, because I think gaming has kind of taken the position of things like major league baseball for people, you know, maybe
5: Andy's age and younger, do you think?
1: Mm-hmm. I really do.
5: Yeah. yeah uh, pretty much like... every boy between the ages of like eight and sixteen plays Fortnite right now. It's oh god. Huge. Eight and sixteen. Yes. Really? Yeah, it's huge. ridiculously huge. So if you want to What your... iteration is it in now? Iteration. Yeah, I mean, th- th- isn't this like Fortnite
0: part six or something?
5: No, they just they keep updating it with more stuff, basically. Oh, yeah. they do. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: And now they're even coming out with merchandise like toys and stuff. So yeah. if you go in the toy oh aisle at like God. Target or Walmart, yeah. you can find like the Fortnite figurines, and the, so they're really trying to reach for that. Yeah. You know what? The two-year-olds, eight you... and up. Oh. I would say eight and up.
5: Yeah. Which I used to think was ridiculous until I remember when I was a kid. It's like, you know, you had your Sonic the Hedgehog branded sneakers and your Super Mario lunchbox and all that kind of crap. So it's, oh, that's been going on forever. <sighs> See, I wish this person had called in, but they sent me a text that said,
0: uh, you're talking about Fortnite. Uh, his father is from Ireland.
1: Oh. <laughs> and his son...
0: And his son plays Fortnite, and his grandfather complains about it all the time, but he's Irish, so he says, Fart Night. <laughs> <laughs> the kid can't play it anymore. He's, he just, it's not Fart Night, Grandpa. <laughs> Why are you playing that Fart Night again? <laughs>
6: Why are you playing Fart <laughs> Oh, that's
1: hilarious. That's a
0: gra- Thank you. Thank you very much for sending that in. You made my day. With it. <laughs> Stop playing Fart Night. <laughs> <laughs> it's not Fortnite, Grandpa. <laughs> uh, well, I suppose you, you know, I suppose you, you get a little upset. You got your game, and it, is is Fortnite really hard to beat? For well, if they are eight to sixteen, it can't be that hard, can it? It's not or they something just that you good at it
5: beat really. Oh, you don't. You okay. basically you're put do you do? in a giant arena with a bunch of other people, and the last one to survive wins.
1: So it's like Hunger oh. Games. Yeah. Oh
5: okay. <laughs> oh, there's, no, like, no, yeah. there's no like there's no like monsters or anything like well, that. It's just each other. But it's a time limited piece and it's 15 minutes. Uh half yeah. An hour. I know that the the game that started that whole genre was uh, Battlegrounds. Yeah. Oh yeah. Or wait, Player Unknowns Battlegrounds. Yeah, that's it. I never played that one either, but I know that every X minutes the uh, the battlefield would shrink a little bit or it's like after so many people died or whatever. So as the game went on, the battlefield would keep on shrinking. So you were like forced to engage one another. Yeah. So that's how really? it works. So you can, well, see, that makes total sense.
4: You can only hide for so long and then you're, then you're put yep. into the fray of things and, and then pretty soon it gets so small that you, you just you yeah. can't survive.
5: Yeah. And Fortnite's gimmick is that you can build stuff, hence the name. Fortnite. so whereas in battlegrounds it was basically just you know you and guns whereas in Fortnite, so do you
0: build a community
5: no the games only last however many minutes there's no like what is the game when you build a community um, that's minecraft a lot of those but yes minecraft is is a a huge one civilization
6: or roblox
5: roblox yeah that's basically minecraft but not exactly the same
1: yeah
0: So how do you, when you say, hey, Max, how does it kill him on the video game?
1: Because, you know, apparently when I say his name, it's too distracting for him. Well, yeah, if
5: he's in a firefight with someone and then he gets distracted, (laughs) that's all it takes. Oh, it's a distraction It's like imagine if a soldier was out in Afghanistan and all of a sudden his mom. And
4: Cassie screams his name. (laughs)
5: Time for dinner, honey. And then he gets shot.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, it's like that one commercial where the mom calls about the squirrels in the yard, and he's like a CIA agent, and he's like fighting all these guys.
0: Yeah, exactly. The helicopter on the roof. Yeah. (laughs)
1: It's
0: hilarious.
1: I am that mom. It is
0: unbelievable. (laughs) Yes, I understand that. My God, I just saw this article pop up. A 45-year-old Oklahoma woman is accused of going on what Fox 25 refers to as a hate-filled crime spree. Over a period of four weeks in Norman and Oklahoma City, racist and anti-Semitic slurs, including swastikas and Nazi symbols and threats of violence to non-white people, were spray-painted on two churches, two public schools, two homes, an art center, a political office. Allison Johnson turned herself in on Thursday. Police say she confessed to everything, telling investigators she was trying to wake people up and scare Jewish people and non-white people. On Monday, she was charged with one felony and three misdemeanor charges of malicious injury to property, plus a charge of malicious intimidation or harassment related to accusations she defaced the driveway of a home belonging to two men because of their native origin. What – so, Doc – this woman's mentally ill, obviously. Yes. Oh,
4: of course. Of course. And, you know, where does. So she. Yeah, in, some of the, in so much of those extremist groups, that's kind of you get this bunch of people who are mm-hmm. easily swayed or just disturbed. Yeah.
5: And this, the insanity defense very rarely works in real life. But in her yeah. case, I think she might be able to declare herself, or her lawyers would be able to declare her unfit to stand trial given her mental state
0: yeah I, so basically she sits and watches the news and she cherry picks what she wants to believe yep and some because her brain is either addled or it's not functioning properly, she actually yeah. believes or it might not even that be she the should news. lead a group i mean if oh really really
5: okay there's the uh distrust of the out group is kind of hard coded into the human mind, and it's oh, okay our ability to you know. Take uh, What am I trying to say? Like, you know, you can basically ignore that because we have, you know, a frontal cortex. Whereas most animals, if they don't trust an, a group of people, they're not going to just start being able to trust them. But in mentally ill people, that prefrontal cortex gets damaged somehow. Maybe they were born with damage or maybe it was... A concussion or something like that, but they lost the ability to override that, basically that ape instinct of you know different my yeah. yeah the the chimps I grew up with are bad or are, are good whereas the chimps over there are bad because they're not uh, my chimps yeah. Yeah. yeah they don't smell like me exactly yeah and if oh, you don't yeah, if, I you, that's right. if you don't have the ability to override that then you know that's basically what happens is you become like the dog that has to try to kill every other dog it sees on the sidewalk.
0: I imagine that's true. All right, that's going to do it. Hopefully the lovely Mrs. will be here tomorrow instead of gallivanting around doing whatever she does. You know what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. We'll talk to you tomorrow with the family.